0: Number two, The Pete Callender Show on News Talk 1110 993 WBT. I'm Pete. The phone numbers are 704 570 1110 and 1 800 WBT 1110. The email is Pete at com. And you can also hit me up on the Twitter machine. Uh, now that Elon Musk has bought it, y'all come back at Pete Callender. And remember, you can get the podcast comes right to your smartphone or tablet every single day. Go to WBT.com or the to get it. All right. So we are going to do the uh, the, the dive here into the uh, Paul Pelosi assault. Um, I got a bunch of different sources uh, to kind of construct what occurred. I went over just sort of the some of the the, the misinformation that was reported early on on Friday. And I got an email here from Susan, thank you Susan, uh, who wrote, Pete, you taught me well, I did not believe anything, any news source reported, I wait until today when the story became more accurate, thank you. Right, you, it, it, like you can listen to the news stories, and okay, file it away. You don't have to say, this is automatically the case, this is so, this is true, right? And as I mentioned last hour, in any kind of an attack, like for example, if... I know this is going to be controversial, but if somebody walks into, um, let's say, a Jewish market and detonates uh, an explosive vest and kills a whole bunch of people while shouting something that witnesses say sounded a lot like Aloha snack bar. Okay, chances are, well, I should say, yeah, that chances are that that could have been an Islamic terrorist attack right An islamist doing that a jihadist doing that right there are certain there i mean you can call it profiling and law enforcement used to call it exactly that they still do in some cases right you develop a profile based on things now the problem is when you get too uh you know too blinded by your own theories that you can't accept any new information because it it messes up your theory You have to be willing to entertain the new information as it comes along, right? So when you hear the initial story that, oh my gosh, somebody broke into Nancy Pelosi's house and attacked her husband with a hammer, it is not unreasonable to think that a potential motive could in fact be political, right? And by the way, for folks on the left, I'm not sure you realize, but every single time something like this happens, there is like... Uh, on the right, there is this sort of collective breath holding that occurs and this prayer that please don't let him, you know, have any kind of a tie to any Republican ever in his life. Like, oh, my gosh, his great grandfather voted for, you know, Eisenhower, like something like that comes out. And then it's defender disavow. It's D or D. Right. Then it's everybody has to uh, you know, stick a mic in every Republican's face and essentially force them into acknowledging some level of culpability. And that's what we got treated to this weekend before anybody knew any of the real details, for sure. But as more details come out, what is obvious is that the attacker, this David Wayne DePapey, this guy was homeless for a good bit of time, did a whole bunch of hardcore drugs for a long period of time, and was, for lack of a better term, nuts. Which really is the personification of the problems afflicting San Francisco, is it not? But to people who heard the original details, even the ones that were off, but a guy in his underwear wielding a hammer that shows up at Pelosi's house saying, where's Nancy? That initial thought, most normal people outside of the political media class, right, most normal people here. Wait a minute! A guy in his underwear showed up at the house with a hammer, broke in, demanding to know where Nancy Pelosi was. That guy sounds crazy. That's the first thing most people think. Most normal people would think, "Wow, that guy's cra- you know." What, and you know what makes it sound the crazy part? It's it's the underwear, right? Exactly. It's the underwear. Because if you're going to commit some sort of you know premeditated kidnapping operation. I'm thinking you wear pants. i that's, that's just me. I'm thinking you wear pants. I've been to San Francisco. Most people, believe it or not, most people wear pants or shorts. Right, but most people are, in fact, wearing the pants. And at night, it gets kind of chilly. It does. It gets kind of chilly. Also, um, you don't want to have to carry the hammer the whole time when you're walking all the way from Berkeley to Pacific Heights. I, you know, if you got the pants, you could maybe he had a tool belt. I don't know. it didn't. I've seen no information about reporting on a tool belt. But most people hear this story, and when the initial details come out, most people think, "Wow, this guy sounds insane." They don't think that, oh, this is because uh, Ron DeSantis is governor and said something about Nancy, fire Nancy Pelosi. But this is what we were treated to all weekend long and still are being treated to, that somehow or another. Republicans bear responsibility for the actions of a long-term, drug-addled psychotic. And that's not the case. They don't, Republicans don't have any culpability, no responsibility for this guy, what he did. They don't. Unless you want me to say that you are responsible for the attempted assassination of 11 Republicans on a ball field. Five years ago that you are responsible for the attempted assassination of Brett Kavanaugh and several other uh, Supreme Court justices and their families. That guy had zip ties, too. And a knife. Yeah, he was wearing pants, as I understand it. But same, the circumstances are very, very similar. And John Echtel, um is a writer. He makes a, a, a great point uh, on this. When when did we have the national conversation on uh, on Kavanaugh? When did that happen? Did I miss that? When did when did we have the national conversation about left wing inspired uh, uh, or left wing political rhetoric that inspired violence? Did we have that after the attack on Steve Scalise and the other uh, Republicans that were on the ball field practicing for a charity softball game? That guy was a Bernie bro campaign volunteer. The connection to a political motive would be clearer in that circumstance. Much clearer than between this guy and any Republican. Any Republican, really. If you want the standard to apply, then it has to apply to you as well. But we all see it doesn't apply to you. See, we see that. You don't get to control the information flow. And this is why, by the way, people are melting down so severely about Twitter, right? It's because they're losing control of the information gatekeeping role. That's really what it's about. The free flow of information should not scare people. It doesn't scare me. And I worked as a, quote, gatekeeper. That's what media does or did. Used to be a gatekeeping function. And people who lament, oh, back in the days, you know, when everybody had a general understanding of what was true. Yeah, because there were three TV stations, networks, right? They were uh, newspapers, and they all kind of followed the lead of the New York Times, and the Washington Post. They all kind of reported the same things. They all were AP and Reuters, right? The gatekeeping functions limited people's access to information and the amplification of stories that were mm, awkward or embarrassing to certain people or groups or organizations. So, yes, there are pros to the idea of fewer sources of information, meaning we all have a a shared idea of what is real and what is not, what is true and what is false. Sure. But one of the downsides is, is that a story can get buried very easily. Maybe like, say, a laptop that has a bunch of incriminating evidence against the son of a candidate for U.S. president. Something like that. Right? When you're able to suppress information, yeah, everybody has a shared idea of what is true. The problem is, what if the shared idea of what is true actually isn't true? See, that's the problem. All right, we'll go into more of the uh, the response here, some of the details and some of the analysis on this. Do we know if DePappy screamed, this is MAGA country? Do we know... Now remember that was one of the key details of the the Juicy Smollett case, right? Jussie Smollett, the hoax, right? The hoax that he crafted with his two friends to help his career, I guess, and uh, or at least get an endorsement deal from Subway. i I don't know. Um, uh, what was his name? The or is his name the uh, the race car driver, Bubba Wallace? right, in the garage uh, rope pull thing that you pull the garage doors down with, right, that rope, and they, oh, no, that's a noose, and we had a full-blown FBI investigation, Nicholas Sandman, Uh, the Russia P-tape, steel dossier, Alpha Bank, hands up, don't shoot, the guy who flew the plane into the uh, IRS building in Texas, totally a tea partier, Oh, I'm dating myself now. This has been going on for a while. This immediate rush to craft and then have cast the narrative, right? Like, that's it. It becomes hardened. And now the story is this for Sarah Palin, right? And that map that that supposedly got Gabby Gifford shot. No. No connection whatsoever. Right now, or not right now, during the break. Now, right now, CNN is on commercial. Um, but they had a, they, they brought in Andy McCabe from the FBI. Right? Fired, lost his pension, although I guess they gave it back to him. But Andrew McCabe, one of the, the analysts that CNN put on its payroll, I mean, a disgraced FBI executive, right, or leader, has a talking head gig, on CNN, they bring him on, and they're talking about this topic, and here's here's their frame. Quote, RNC chair, so Ronald McDaniel, RNC chair, quote, unfair, end quote, to link Pelosi attack to political rhetoric. And they put the word unfair in quotes. And I'm sure if you ask them, they would say it's because that's a direct quote. She called it unfair. See, I would go a step further. It's not it's not simply unfair. It's grotesque. It's disgusting. It's discrediting. If you are saying that political rhetoric prompted that attack, you are not credible. Whether you are a media person, a politician, or somebody that just gets on social media to troll people, I don't care. Doesn't matter you're not credible you're because first off you had no idea and you can't say that you did simply based on the fact that the guy walked in and said where's nancy that doesn't describe any kind of partisan or political motive at all at all but that's the initial that was the initial rush to judgment oh he said where's nancy and i remember reading this thinking why is that If he's in there looking for Nancy Pelosi, because she is obviously the more famous of the two. So it's obviously a targeted attack against Nancy Pelosi. That's what the guy was going to do. And you got to assume that everybody in San Francisco or not everybody, but mostly everybody probably knows where they live. And so him showing up and saying, where's Nancy when he encounters her husband? That doesn't describe anything other than a search for the person he's intending to harm. First of all. Second of all, the new report out that he had uh, zip ties. Okay, so did the guy at the Kavanaugh house. What exactly does, what am I supposed to, what conclusion am I supposed to draw from that piece of information that links it to partisan or political rhetoric? And you know what their argument is and has been? You know what it's? It's, well, the January 6th riot that's what they were saying too. And some of the people that got busted there had zip ties too. Well, well, that's insane. Those that doesn't that doesn't make a connection. That's not logic. That's motivated reasoning. Right? You're trying you're trying to reverse engineer something to stuff it into some sort of, you know, mold of what you think the story should be, rather than what it is. And then there's the social media stuff. The man accused of breaking into Nancy Pelosi's home early Friday and attacking her husband with a hammer appears to have a history of affiliations with nudists and conspiracy theorists, and sometimes strange beliefs that fall all over the cultural and political map. Ryan Mills at National Review. Reports online records about David Wayne Depappi are sparse, but he has appeared in a few San Francisco area news stories over the years. And he appears to have sporadically updated a blog where he wrote about religion, conspiracies, aliens and censorship. Over the last couple of years, he appears to have bought into conspiracy theories about the 2020 presidential election and covid-19 vaccines. De Pappy 42, appears to have sporadically published to a blog called godisloving.wordpress.com where he wrote about God's love and railed against censorship, communists, and the elites slash ruling class. The blog is titled, Welcome to Big Brother's Censorship Hell. So this is what, to the left, this is what they think classifies him as... Inspired by political rhetoric from the Republicans and from Trump, that all people on the right are responsible for him. By the way, and again, this is never as like John Ectol said, like, there's, has there ever been in the history of ever a conversation about Democrat rhetoric leading to violence in the media? Because there are plenty of examples if that matters. This is a recurring thing that anyone right leaning can understand. As soon as something bad happens, your immediate response is, oh, crap. I hope whoever did this doesn't have some sort of connection, right, to the GOP. Because the media always and relentlessly pursues tying any horrific act of violence to the Republican Party. It happens immediately, and it happens always. And when there is actual, plain-as-day evidence that a lunatic was inspired by left-wing media rhetoric, they're two-day story. No lofty media conversations about rhetoric, just an uninteresting process story that goes away. And he says, how to fix it? I'm at a loss. I don't know how to fix it. This American, uh, the American media is just broken. It's why every Republican politician should adopt the media strategy of uh, Ron DeSantis' comms gal, Christina Pouchaw. Which is to just aggressively, like, ignore them or to push back on them in public and just eviscerate them in emails when they contact you. They are, dare I say it, the enemy of the people. He says, I'm genuinely asking, has the media ever engaged in the broad stroke, chin stroking about left wing violence in a way that they routinely do for the right? Because there are hundreds of examples of left-wing pro- uh, violence and destruction in just the last 10 years. Do we, do we get any of that? Is that not worth a freaking story ever? I am fine with you trying to make connections between political rhetoric and violence. I'm fine with you trying to do that. But you got to do it for everyone. Either it's a standard or it is not. And if you don't do it for everyone, then it's not a standard. It's just an attack. We had a campaign worker for Marco Rubio attacked. Rand Paul, yep, Uh, got the tweet here from Jay and uh, Gigi talking about this when uh, Rand Paul was attacked by his neighbor while mowing his yard. He's riding on a mower, got the headset on so he can't hear, and the neighbor comes charging up from behind him, blindsides him, punctures his lung, cracks his ribs, puts him in the hospital. And Christine Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's daughter, says on Twitter, Rand Paul's neighbor was right. Eric Erickson had a series of tweets here. Um, He says it is becoming more and more clear that the left press in the U.S. really doesn't view the right as equals or really even people worth caring about. Their eugenic sympathies are showing. Evangelical churches, pro-life pregnancy centers... They get firebombed. No big deal. People in MAGA hats get attacked. Well, they deserved it. Door knockers for the GOP assaulted. No news. Rand Paul attacked. Oh, it's funny. Mass assassination attempt of the GOP. Yawn. Don't forget that Lee Zeldin, who's running for governor right now just a few weeks ago, was attacked at a campaign event. Got very, very little national media attention. The Rand Paul attack really was the butt of jokes on MSNBC. Even now, progressives have dismissed it because they didn't realize or didn't care about the extent of violence in the attack. They just thought, oh, his neighbor didn't like him. And so he, he decked him. He, he lost a part of his lung. They really waved their hands over it when Republicans brought it up and said it wasn't comparable. He was attacked while cutting his grass, his neighbor unprovoked. All right, I read all that. Uh, you, but you look, at, uh, you look angry at a Democrat. Political rhetoric is involved. Is he a nutjob with a hammer in his underwear? Oh, right-wing job. This is not to dismiss or excuse people who attack Democrats. But it is to point out how the left and the media, but I repeat myself, behaves. Attacks on one with even a tangential connection to the right are given non-stop airtime. Attacks on the right with explicit political motivation are ignored or downplayed. The moment it turned out Jared Lochner had no political motive, the story died. The moment it turned out Hodgkinson was a Sanders supporter and Rachel Maddow fan, the press moved on. Back to the National Review piece by Ryan Mills. This, uh, the attacker, DePappy, had a blog and it appears to have only been updated really during two periods. In August 2022, so this past August, and then way back in June of 2007. And those posts back then are mostly about God. God accepts you even when you don't accept yourself. Like that sort of stuff. The August posts are mostly memes and videos protesting government censorship and they are more political in nature but they're not specifically partisan he posted headlines including communist voodoo science yet another one aliens another one feminists get owned and the woke are racists with a guilty conscience but most of the posts they had no text there were there was no body to the blog post it was just a title that he threw up there um, CNN reported, oh, by the way, voting records, according to the San Francisco Chronicle, um, their headline was that uh, to, to invoke conservative beliefs or conspiracy theories promoted in far right circles. That's what that's how they framed him. One headline simply read Q. The, so QAnon. So he was a QAnoner. I I would have no doubt about that, by the way. I would have no doubt about that. But here's the thing. Paranoid schizophrenics and stuff like they they glom on to these types of conspiracy theories. And they make up their own, too, by the way. That's the thing about detaching from reality. And you have these paranoid delusions. You make up stuff. That's part of the jam. But they also noted. But for some reason, this didn't get put in the headline that he was listed as a member of the Green Party. Oh, weird. So he's not fitting into a neat little political box for us. CNN reported that DePappy's Facebook page, which has since been suspended, including links to, uh, had links to videos by the My Pillow guy, Mike Lindell, talking about the 2020 election. Um, he had one video with a uh, uh, title, Democrat Farce Commission to Investigate January 6th Capitol Riot Collapses. He also made posts claiming that COVID-19 vaccines were deadly and images that CNN deemed transphobic. Uh, he grew up in Canada. Acquaintances described him as, quote, very odd. And his family uh, said that he had, uh, over the course of the last two decades, uh, his behavior had become more and more concerning. He had lived in storage units as well as in sheds. He was named in a 2008 Oakland Tribune story where he had a woman named Gypsy Taub. A former stripper, nudist activist, and a 9-11 conspiracy backer, originally from Russia, attended a community Thanksgiving meal with, quote, their three small children. Now, there is confusion as to who the kids are and whether he was married to her or not. There's another guy involved in all of this. Uh, They were in a—they did a a nude ceremony on the steps of San Francisco City Hall— um, where he was there, the, the, the attacker was there, DePappy, along with another guy named James Smith, who was half her age. But DePappy appears to have been included in the nuptials, a man who appears to be DePappy, um, all it was described as a hemp jewelry maker and a father figure who will double as best man. Now, this woman shows up. Somebody got a hold of her. And uh, she now is, uh, her name is... Oksana Taub, and she called the TV station KGO and said, hello, this is Gypsy Taub. I am the ex-life partner. Wait a minute. Ex-life partner? That, that does not compute. You can't be a life partner. You can't be an ex-life partner unless you're dead, right? You weren't really a life partner, right? Come on now. Does the word have meaning or no? Oh, I know she's postmodernist. Whatever, it doesn't matter. So um, she's in jail. This woman is in jail, and so she—I guess she got she got a phone call, and she called out to the ABC Seven TV station. And here's what she said: "Quote about Depappy." "Quote He is mentally ill. He has been mentally ill for a long time. Last year, uh, Gypsy Taub was found guilty on." Um, roughly 20 counts yeah, 20 counts uh including the attempted abduction of a 14 year old boy near his berkeley high school she had become infatuated with this 14 year old stalked him and showed up at his house and then tried to kidnap him yeah she's in prison um she described a time de Pappy returned home uh, after disappearing for a year she said quote he came back in very bad shape he thought he was jesus he was constantly paranoid thinking people were after him. And it took a good year or two to get back to, you know, being halfway normal. And the interviewer says, did he ever show any aggression towards politicians? Were his political beliefs extreme, in your opinion? And she said, quote, well, when I met him, he was only 20 years old, and he didn't have any experience in politics, and he was very much in alignment with my views. And I've always been very progressive. I absolutely admire Nancy Pelosi. Hmm. So he just sort of adopted your views when he was with you. And then is it possible that he just went to somebody else and adopted their views? Okay? Is it possible that he got radicalized online? Okay? See, all of these things are simply the the symptoms of the disorder. People, I say this after all of these types of events, people who are rational attempt to find a motive that makes sense and you're not going to because it's irrational. The person that we are dealing with here is not logical. They're not sane. The things that they think are real are not real and everything then starts getting crammed into whatever their reasons are right into this box and they don't make sense. And this lays bare the lie right that all of the 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 narrative crafting right now about how somehow or another this was due to the speech of republicans that that's why this guy did this that somehow republicans now have to take down because this is what democrats were calling for this is what the cbs host on one of the sunday shows said that republicans should take down all of their ads eight days before the election just stop campaigning it's nuts Talk ninety ninety nine three WBT. I tell uh, tell people when they ask me uh, where do you go to do your show prep, and I usually mention a website called Memorandum. It is from the left, but it's an aggregator, and so you can actually see uh, how stories are moving and developing, and who's covering them in what ways. And this is a really good example of how. Media crafts the narrative. This is from this morning uh, when I it's probably around uh, probably around seven a.m. or so when I, I wake up, I start doing show prep, and well, I get up at like five thirty, and so I start doing the prep and all, and um, I make my way over to Memorandum, and I just see what stories are moving because they got links to all of these outlets. So here's the top story as of around seven seven thirty this morning on Memorandum, and these are all headlines with direct links. New York Times, Pelosi, vilified by Republicans for years, is a top target of threats. Then they have discussion links underneath to the different outlets that are covering that same story, CNN, Fox News, and Axios. And then they have related. New York Times, Elon Musk, in a tweet, shares link from site known to publish false news. And then that has discussion links to Detroit Free Press, Mashable, Robert Rice, The Register, Raw Story, Bloomberg, The Daily Beast, uh, New York Magazine, Washington Examiner, DNYUZ, Crooks and Liars, Daily Wire, The Rap, Rolling Stone, Election Wall Block. Next story Elon Musk, Twitter's new owner, tweets conspiracy theory about attack on Paul Pelosi. Discussion at the Times of Israel and DNYUZ. Next link, Washington Post. Don't blame both sides. The right is driving political violence by Max Boot. Discussion, Washington Examiner, Newsbusters, Raw Story, American Greatness, The Hill, The Daily Beast, Los Angeles Times, and Politico. Washington Post. Elon Musk, right-wing figures, push misinformation about Pelosi attack. Discussed at today's edition newsletter, BizPack Review, Washington Times uh, Insider, uh, Los Angeles Times, Washington, Free Beacon, mediaite Heavy.com, The Daily Wire. Then there's one from uh, San Francisco Chronicle. Elon Musk tweets, uh, promotes baseless anti-LGBTQ conspiracy theory about Paul Pelosi attack. Bunch of discussion there. NBC News, Elon Musk, new owner of Twitter. You get the sense here? Do you, you, you see what this is? This is the narrative that's being advanced because... Part of the problem is that they're scrambling to make the pieces fit when they don't, you know, round pegs, square holes and all that. They're they're trying to jam the pieces in, but this guy is so obviously insane and has this long history of it that the pieces aren't fitting. And so Elon Musk comes along, throws out this theory that had to do with, oh, is this guy, is it possible this guy was like a gay lover of Paul Pelosi because they were both in their underwear, whatever? Like, Paul Pelosi being in his underwear in his own home at 2.30 in the morning, that guy did nothing wrong. That, he did nothing wrong. He's in his own house. He is free to walk around all natural if he wants to. It's his house. If he's sleeping, maybe he sleeps in his boxers. I don't know. I don't know what kind of underwear. Boxers or briefs. I don't know. Okay, as yes, he could also do like the... Never mind. Um, what... He did nothing wrong. The guy in his underwear who walked from Castro or the who walked from Berkeley and attacked him—that guy's in the wrong. But this, the lack of information in the initial hours, prompted all sorts of these theories to get spun out because the left-wing speories, uh, theories that were being spun to us were so obviously wrong, obviously wrong. When the initial reports came out and they tried to blame Republican rhetoric immediately, tried to cast this guy as a as a right wing MAGA lover, right? Like somehow or another, it didn't fit because one of the first pieces of information we got was he was a Castro nudist protester. Not exactly what you would expect for your stereotypical MAGA hat wearing Republican conservative type. No? So as long as anybody's going to be just tossing around crazy conspiracy theories and crazy theories about why the guy did it, why not have our own? And that's where we are. And they want to pretend that there's somehow, they, they want to pretend that there's somehow, uh, uh, there's no moral equivalence here. That no, no, it's not the same thing. Here's one. Don't both sides this thing. That's what they're saying. There's uh, there's no room for, for you to be both sides in this. Republicans, Washington Post headline, Republicans blame both sides for political violence. Yeah, because people who are crazy attack political figures because they are crazy. And they attack both right-wing figures and left-wing figures. They do. I've gone through the examples. The difference is only one ever requires some sort of uh, group culpability, some mea culpa from... Uh, from you know the 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 out group oh well, you're a Republican you need to uh, you need to take down all your campaign ads that mention fire Pelosi this is the absurdity this is if you weren't around or paying attention when Gabby Giffords was shot this is what happened this is exactly the same thing the press went to go they went after Sarah Palin because her campaign had developed a map where they were going around the country and they were trying to unseat Democrat incumbent congresspeople. And Gabby Giffords' district was one of those. And and so they had an ad, they had a map, and they had these different districts that were targeted. And so they put little targets on them. Because this is where we're putting our money. We're targeting these people for defeat. And then Gabby Giffords was attacked by an insane person who thought grammar was a means of world... Thought control. The guy was crazy. Guy was absolutely crazy. And was fixated on his local congresswoman. Because he's crazy. He wasn't a right winger. If anything, he was more left. But I don't even consider him a left winger. He was just insane. And they they smeared Sarah Palin as responsible for that. And even after it was proven in court... That he had never even heard of that map, didn't know it existed, was not inspired by Sarah Palin or anybody on the right. Only, what, a year or so ago, the New York Times editorial board still smeared her with that lie.